0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined by a very special guest, Nicholas Kusmich, founder of the Alliance Group and the creator of The Art of Lead Generation. He is not only a friend, but is also one of the leading Facebook advertising strategists in the world. He works with top entrepreneurs and thought leaders, A-list clients some of you may know, like Joe Polish and the Tony Robbins Group. Plus, he has some of the highest ROIs in the industry, including up to 30,973.3% roi on ad spend it's pretty phenomenal his proprietary contextual congruency methodology helps those looking to get their message out to the world and i've asked him to join us today to help us all better advertise and grow our businesses nick thank you so much for your time today it's always a pleasure when we talk i really value and appreciate you as a friend how you doing bud
1: I'm doing awesome, and I'm just so excited that you uh, invited me to uh, have this conversation with you. Well,
0: I know a lot of our listeners, I mean, we've got a pretty big audience, and a lot of these people, they're trying to grow their businesses, and a lot of people are afraid to spend money on advertising because yeah. right? Because they don't see an ROI right away, or they just feel like it's it's money, quote-unquote, lost. Or there's the flip side, where they, there's people who know they should be spending money on advertising, and they just spend it. Like, last night, I was flipping out in the bathroom. My girlfriend's like, what's going on? And it's because... This YouTube ad came up, and it was all about like the word O. Oh. It was like all these things that start with O, and it's like, okay. and all the best things have O in them, including TiVo. And like that was the end, and that was it. It's like a forty-five <laughs> second ad, and I was like, what the hell was that? There's no value proposition. There's no like, here's what we got. It was like, it was all these fluffy, soft O words, and I'm like, that's just somebody that's got an ad budget to spend. Right. They, know they should be marketing. So, right. You're so good at it, and your ROIs are so phenomenal. But before we get into any of the nuts and bolts, like, how did you even get started in this? You didn't begin being like an ad, you know, an online advertising guru. So how did you even get up and going?
1: Yeah, I popped out of my mom and I was like, let's get on Facebook <laughs> advertising. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I mean, this was really 100% by mistake. I mean, if we go all the way back, I couldn't hold the job. I tried. It just didn't work. I had issues with authority and like listening to them and telling me what to do and when I could do it. So I was like, oh, man, I got to figure out. To like make money and provide, you know, bread for my family type of thing. And I went through a bunch of ups and downs, but the long and short of how I got into online advertising was really I was put in a tight place. My back was up against a wall and I had to figure out how to make my next dollar. And at that point, I had taken some online courses and I had a, an information product that I had written under a pen name and I needed to figure out how to drive traffic to it. I didn't have time to go with the old slow free method. And at that time, you know, Google had literally just slapped a whole bunch of people, and they were the gorilla, you know, the 800-pound gorilla. I didn't know how to do PPC on Google, so I was left searching for a solution. And at that point, I had two choices. At that time, Facebook had just released their advertising platform, and simultaneously so did the, uh, the website Plenty of Fish, So I figured I'm going to do advertising on both of these and figure out what works. And very quickly, Facebook started to take off. Plenty of fish didn't. So I said, we're going to double and triple down on this thing and see what we can make happen with it. And I guess, I mean, in short, the rest, as they say, is history. But yeah, maybe it was a combination of right place at the right time combined with having my back up against the wall That kind of forced me to be in this current position now.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. And that, you know, that's how a lot of us get in the situation. I think a lot of people listening can resonate with your story, you know, even myself. Not, you know, the part of just having issues, having people tell you what to do, especially when you know better and just following the rules for the sake of following the rules when you know that it's wrong or that there's a better way. And so I think a lot of people can resonate with that. Now, there's another part of your story that I know about that I think is also important because there's a lot of different ad platforms, a lot of different online advertising, but you specialize in. Facebook. Right. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, why? Why didn't you become a guru at all things?
1: Yeah, well, that's a great question. And when I started, I was or I tried to be a guru at all things. I mean, it was I was kind of the Baskin Robbins, if you will. It was uh, 31 Flavors, <laughs> a flavor for everybody. <laughs> And then really quickly, as I started to go to events and marketing, you know, conferences, if you will, and networking, Mm -hmm. I would put out my hand. And of course, the question that everyone asks is, hey, my name is so-and-so, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, hey, my name is Nick, and I'm a marketing consultant. They said, oh, you too. And that was like the conference, like everybody was a bloody marketing consultant. (laughs) And so I was serving a few people and, and, you know, identifying that I could help a couple of people. But my business revenue was next to nil. Mm -hmm. I was everything to all people. And then I don't know how it happened or what happened, but it dawned on me. Maybe it was a book I read or a quote I heard, but then it dawned on me that you can't be all things to all people. You want to be everything to like the right kind of person. Of course, that wasn't the exact quote, but mm-hmm. it was something along those lines. Right. I basically took a step back. I looked out into the marketplace. In fact, actually, I was at an event and I was about to give a talk and my talk was about something completely separate. But the person who was talking before me asked two simple questions. Number one, how many people on here who are listening to me have used Facebook ads to try and grow their business? And about 80% of the hands went up. And then his second question was, well, how many people have been profitable using Facebook ads? And mm. basically, majority of the hand, like maybe two or three hands stood up. Now, it had nothing to do with his talk. And he went on with the rest of his talk. And then it kind of like a light went off in the back of my head. I was like, oh, my God. Well, I know how to make Facebook ads work. Um, mm. I've been doing this for so long. So I got up there. I totally on the cuff, like literally, changed my talk and made it all about Facebook advertising and literally got pegged as like a facebook ninja that day i'm like whoa i'm, I'm gonna kind of roll with this and as soon as i made that decision to double and triple down on this platform and say i am going to be the best in the world at this one thing everything changed for me and that was really kind of what made the difference in my business and what it is today that's awesome that's huge
0: i love that and i'm really glad you shared that story because i
1: think there's a lot of people in their business and i
0: get this a lot too with people as they wanted they're worried about missing out on opportunity mm. so they try to serve everybody but the reality is if you're for everybody, then you're for nobody. So I love how you mentioned that because I'm a big advocate of the book Think and Grow Rich. And one of the tenets of Think and Grow Rich is specialized Mm. knowledge. And I just love that because your story just encapsulates that so well. So now you said a great question and I know there's isn't an easy answer, but why aren't more people profitable using Facebook advertising?
1: Yeah, well, there's a couple of questions, a couple of answers to that. I mean, the general answer is because they have no clue what they're doing. They think because they read a book somewhere or a blog post that now they're an expert and they're like trying to do things with it. So First and foremost, I think there's a very clear line between someone who's dabbling and someone who's an expert in anything. I mean, it could be sports. It could be whatever. I mean, people have put in hours and sweat equity and blood to be a master of their craft. And if you're not at that level, like most people are not making it work. The second side to it is I think there's a huge disconnect in understanding what Facebook actually is. Marketers who come on Facebook go in with this disillusionment or with the illusion that Facebook is an advertising platform. Friends, Facebook is not an advertising platform. Facebook is a social media platform that is unfriendly to marketers. And so, I mean, the story I like to tell often is like, look, if I wake up in the morning and I go on to a platform like Amazon.com or if I go on to a platform like eBay, for example, Mm -hmm. well, clearly I'm going on to those platforms with a certain intent and that intent is probably commercial in nature. In other words, I'm going there to buy something. Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing wrong with someone on Amazon or eBay to try to sell me something because that is the design of the platform. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nobody wakes up in the morning, credit card in hand saying, I'm going to log on to Facebook to see what I could buy today. Right. Nobody does. Uh Yet marketers go onto the Facebook platform to try to sell somebody something. And so you have a platform here that is resistant to marketers. And yet marketers are coming on to try to be these sleek and slick marketers. And they're wondering why Facebook advertising does not work for them. So we have this interesting dichotomy where we are marketers. We're trying to get on Facebook to advertise to our ideal target audience. However, we got to realize that Facebook is not designed for that. So how do we then bridge that gap and how do I you know, fix this dichotomy? And that's really what separates those who know what they're doing versus those who don't.
0: So and this might be a little bit premature, but what would you recommend to someone who's struggling – Right now, someone who might be either a local business owner or maybe they have an info product. Who knows? They might have an offline business or an online business, but you know they're kind of limping along. They've got campaigns yeah. going, but
1: they're spending way too much. What would you suggest? Uh, Well, I mean, I would take a few steps back before even spending the money. I mean, I believe on Facebook, there's only two reasons. Facebook or otherwise, actually, there's only really two reasons why anyone should be doing paid traffic. Number one is because you have a sales process, a business and an offer that converts and has proven to convert over and over and over again. And you're just looking for more massive exposure to that offer. And Facebook could play a great role in that because you already know the thing is working. The other reason why someone might want to consider paid traffic is because they don't have an offer that works just yet, but they want to test it out and be very calculated about fixing their sales process or their sales funnel, if you will, and figuring out how to do that. But they would do it on very controlled and calculated budgets. The problem is most people playing on Facebook don't fall on any one of those spectrums. They fall in between, and so they come on Facebook without an offer that proven to work And without the mindset of testing on controlled and simple budgets, so they end up spending money, throwing money at, it's essentially trying to get, oh, blood money, if you will. I mean, it's essentially wasting money, throwing it at offers that aren't proven to work, and then scratching their heads wondering, why on earth isn't this working for me? It must be Facebook. Let's try try and chase the next magic bullet. Right. I love how you mentioned that, too, because the other thing that
0: that implies is that if you're going to commit to something and making something work, you should. And there's a book that I'm a huge advocate called uh, Scientific Advertising, David Ogilvie, mm. who if mm. anyone listening to this doesn't know who he is, he's one of the greats, legendary copywriters and advertisers in our history. He, His testimony on the cover says no one should have anything to do with advertising until they've read this book at least seven times. It changed the course of my life. Right. In it, Claude Hopkins, who's the author of that book, he kind of says kind of what same thing similar to what you're saying. He's saying that you should treat your paid advertising like you would a sales rep. You don't expect them to start making sales their first day out on the job and you give them some time to kind of figure things out. And that's kind of like what you're saying. Like if you're going to do it, because I love that, you either. Have a sales process, a business, and an offer that converts and it's proven to convert and you're just looking for more exposure, or you're on the opposite end where you don't have that, but you want to test it out and be very calculated about figuring out what works, which means you're willing to st- I love you use the word a controlled and simple budget. I love that, where it's almost like an investment you're willing to spend just to buy data and test things and just like chip away at that nut of figuring out how am I gonna spend money to advertise to someone to get them to make a to make them buy something from me. That's huge. And I think the one thing that, you know, one of the reasons why my listeners hopefully by now know I'm a huge proponent for paid advertising is because it really kind of clears the air, like as far as what you're doing. Right. Because I like what you said at the beginning, like you didn't have time to do the free but slower methods. Like you had to be really direct. You know, like I need to go make sales now. I got to put food on the table. I got to feed my family. How am I going to do that? And I think if you're spending money to get people's attention, you're a lot clearer about, wow, I spent this money. What did I get in results? But otherwise, you can spend years in the closet writing content and creating stuff, you know, and just thinking you're doing something when really you're just kind of spinning your wheels. Would you agree with that at all? Or
1: Yeah. And along those lines, I think you nailed it on the head. Like once you actually figured this out and by that, I mean, you figured out the paid side of it and you figured out the conversion side of it. There's nothing more empowering than waking up in the morning knowing that with the pushes of a few buttons, you can instantly turn on traffic and instantly get an ROI. Now, that's not to say that – I'm not saying that as like a pipe dream because a lot of people will use that kind of quotes or wording to say like – Oh, well, buy my product because I'm going to help you do that. I'm not saying that from a pipe dream perspective, but once you actually have dialed in, you're exactly right. I don't have time to write a gazillion article, and nothing against the free traffic scenario, mm-hmm. but I just don't have time to do that. I need to know that if I need to make an offer, if I need to get exposure to something because I'm on a tight time frame, that I have the ability to do that. And There's just nothing more empowering as a business owner to know that you literally control the lever and you could turn it on or off off at will. And it's a beautiful feeling. It is. And to speak to that as well, again, is the other reason because I've helped clients, a few
0: clients, I'm nowhere near your level as far as paid advertising, but I'm more of a funnel conversion guy. But I've helped clients generate a couple of millions of dollars and we would never have been able to do it without being able to use paid media. We had, in fact, I had one client that had the who's who's list of joint venture partners, you know, of people who would promote him and put his stuff in front of other people. And the best we still did was $650,000. But when Mm. we got into paid media, Suddenly we pass million and a half... Two million and it's exactly like you said, because you're able to literally just flick a switch and go out and buy customers and you just can't do that with, with content. I think I think you need a blend. I think diversity yeah, leads to yeah. stability. Right. But as far as like you know, like an acid test, I really think that paid media, you know, it separates the men from the boys, so to speak. Right. So right. now how would you recommend someone if they're looking, if they're in the second group, they don't have an off, op- they're listening to us, they're like, Well, I kinda do, but how do I know for sure? So maybe I belong should be in the second category. How would you recommend to someone who wants to test it out and be calculated about it? Is there like a simple plan that they can follow?
1: Yeah, well, I think the simple plan, I mean, if we're going to talk like nitty gritty, and again, I apologize if anyone's listening to this and they don't have too much education in the Facebook side of things. But literally, the beauty of Facebook, other than like other kind of traditional forms of marketing, is the fact that it's agile in nature and you have the ability to pivot and tweak and edit literally on the fly. Mm -hmm. And so kind of a practical example of that is if I'm running an ad to a very new offer and we just... Just want to see what the average cost per lead is going to be i would set up an ad i'd send it on a twenty dollar a day budget and i'd literally watch it for twelve and twenty four hours and just by spending twenty dollars in one day I can know if this thing is a potential winner or a loser. Now, I say potential because there is more to it than just generating the lead. But because I'm using Facebook and I have the ability to split test and change the image on the fly or change a word on the fly, and literally if I see that something's not working within 12 hours, I have the ability to turn it off, I mean there's nothing more you know satisfactory than that. So if someone's kind of just starting out, I would say – Like learn the strategy and the mechanism, of course, don't just throw an ad for the sake of throwing the ad, but assuming you know what you're doing and assuming you kind of have an offer that you want to test. I would say set up that ad, throw a little bit of traffic and make some very quick decisions about turning the losers off and letting the winners run within you know literally 12 to 24 hours. And then the only thing you really have at risk in that situation or scenario is like the $20 per ad set that you're putting up. All right. If all things go well, you've generated leads with that $20 and it wasn't a waste. If all things go terribly wrong – You've only risked you know twenty dollars per ad set, and if you only have you know three or four or five that's like a hundred bucks and I can live. With losing that much. I would just say, avoid going nuts and saying, well, let's just, I have a $5,000 ad budget. Let's just go ahead and spend it yeah, in the first yeah, seven yeah, days yeah. and see what happens. I mean, right. just don't do that.
0: <laughs> now, are there price points? Like should people try to keep their, like for advertising? I mean, obviously maybe this speaks for itself, but people, the list may not think of it, the higher price point that you sell it, the better your margins, the easier your capacity to spend advertising. Is there like a limit? If you're someone like, they're like peddling $20, $30 products, would you be like, no, don't do do that? Or do you think there's still a place for someone that is selling stuff for $10 or $20 or something like that to use advertising on Facebook to grow their business? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. I think there's two mindsets to that. You know, the one mindset is, is the $20 to $30 product all you have? Or have mm-hmm. you built in something on the back end of that? Mm-hmm. If you've built in something to the back end of that, yeah, all day long, your $20 or $30 offer could be self-liquidating. In other words, it'll cover the ad spend and you'll generate a customer for free. Yeah. But then you have a back end built to that to take care of things. Now, if you don't have that, your new mindset in terms of that needs to be like high-volume, low margins. And so now you're in a volume game. So if you know that your product is $20 $30 and you can acquire that customer for $10 – Just know that if you want to make any real money, you got to move thousands and thousands and thousands of units of that product, which is fine. Now, if you have a higher margin of profit because you're offering something that's higher ticket, well, then you can move less of that at higher volumes and still make more money. But can it work on both sides of the spectrum? The answer is absolutely yes. You just have to be a little more refined in particular with the less margin that you're working with.
0: So you've been
1: with Facebook for a long time. You've seen kind
0: of the evolutions of it. And there's been phases where they were just banning everyone's accounts and, you know, and figuring <laughs> things out and targeting was going haywire. Like, have you had any really big challenges or obstacles? Like, and as far as learning and figuring out Facebook advertising game, have you had to overcome certain milestones and figure out key things just on your own journey in particular?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing that I realize is like, if we're going to look at the proverbial iceberg analogy, the tactic and the technicalities of the Facebook platform make up only the 20% above the surface. Now... When the problem with that that I see in the industry right now is that that's what everybody's focusing on. So they're like, "Oh, check out this new like API software that connects like lead ads to your CRM. This is the new big thing." Or, "Hey, check out video ads and let me show you how to get zero point zero 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 four cents per video view." And like, it's all about the tactics. And I think the tactics are fine, Mm. but the problem is that those are always changing. Facebook is always evolving, and so to stay on top of that game, or if your focus is only like, how do I manipulate the Facebook platform to work in my favor. You're only dealing with 20% of of the actual result. The biggest shift for me and what I do with all of my private clients and what I teach at all of my consulting programs and my live events and everything is really where I focus on is the other 80%. Now, yes, the tactics we talk about that maybe 20% of the time. But the 80%, it's the strategy, it's understanding social behavior, it's understanding what a person on Facebook chooses to do and why they choose to do it, versus, you know, hey, let's kind of manipulate an algorithm. So I would think that The biggest challenge for anybody uh, and the challenge that we overcame that kind of set us apart and allows us to get the ROIs that we do is understanding that tactics are just that. They may make sales, but strategy is what builds businesses. And if you could focus on the strategy side of things and you figure out the 80% that's under the surface, that's going to be the difference between making this work wildly for you versus just kind of eking by and thinking, well, we did all right, but we didn't do great.
0: Yeah, I love that, and that's so true. A quote that I've heard a long time ago was that, you know, principles never change, strategies rarely change, and tactics can frequently change. Mm, and you got to like choose it. what level you're going to play at. So, So what are some winning strategies that people – I mean, I guess you kind of already gave one. Put $20 into an ad set or two or three and drive some traffic to your offer and see what results you get. Now, would you lean towards – Two step marketing where you're generating a lead that you can follow up with later via email, or do you prefer just straight to sale? Like, what again, for someone that's trying to figure it out and they're, you know, they listen to this, they've spent some money, maybe they spend a couple hundred bucks and they're, you know, they're not sure about the results they get, what would you say
1: to that? I mean, of course, there's no one trick pony, but there's a lot to it. But in short, I mean, if you just think about the Facebook platform, Let's go back to that the idea that people don't go onto Facebook to try and buy anything. So you can't be selling something. So I would avoid like 99% of the time going straight to product. I think the name of the game on Facebook is definitely lead generation. Now, when I say lead generation, another way that I put that is platform building. Now, your email list is a platform, but it's not your only platform. It could be podcast subscribers. It could be blog subscribers. It could be Facebook group participants. I mean, whatever kind of platform works for you is what works for you. But the idea is you utilize Facebook to reach your audience and to build your platform, a platform that you control a platform, how I define it, is something that you can communicate with a push of a button. You can distribute content and communicate with your people in an instant. Whatever that platform is, is what it is, and you're using Facebook to build that platform. Now, the platform's purpose really is to build that know, like, and trustability. It's to build that relationship. It's to communicate it. It's to get loyalty. It's to get tribe. You know different names in the industry, but essentially you want a group of people who are hanging on every word that you say, who trust you, who appreciate you, who've taken down the buying blocks out of their head mentally and say, you know what, if that person ever does sell something to me, I'm going to, I'm not necessarily, I'm going to buy it, but my resistance to consider it is far lower than this guy that I just met on a Facebook ad. So, right. yeah, the, the general feeling here is use Facebook to get the exposure to your ideal target in order to build your platform and then use the platform to build the relationship before you make the sale.
0: You know, I love that. And this reminds me of another guest that we had. The guy's had the number one, or not number one, but he's had a best selling book in the UK for the last 35 years on marketing. And it was Drayton Bird. And in that book, one of my favorite quotes, it's really simple, I almost read the whole book just for that, but it said, The purpose mm-hmm. of business is to locate a prospect turn that prospect into a customer, and make that customer your friend. And Mm -hmm. I love that so well because it kind of speaks to what you're saying. You're saying like, look, the best way, the name of the game on Facebook is kind of building your platform or your media or your list or just your audience, something where you're able to communicate with a group of people on this particular topic and you build rapport and a relationship with them so they know, like, and trust you because then you're not a stranger. You're a welcome guest when you come with an offer to them, you know, and then almost like, you you know what I mean? Like they empathize with you. And that almost speaks to that because another quote that a lot of us may have heard is that, You have friends for a reason, friends for a season, and friends for life. And I love that with marketing because I always say, you know, you do. You have friends for a reason, friends for a season, and friends for life. And you have customers for a reason, customers for a season, and customers for life. And if you have someone who's your customer where the relationship is they pay you money in return for X, as long as you are their friend and they need X, they will continue to pay you that money. And so that's part of why Drayton's Bird's quote is so powerful because a lot of people and I love how you mentioned this because you mentioned this earlier and I just want to expand on it a little bit where you know if you're selling a thirty dollar product, is that all you have to sell them? Mm. Because a lot of people they you know they, they focus on just the one time front end sale and they're on to the next part. It's like a churn and burn. But really for a business to be successful, everyone knows businesses need regulars. You need a regulars, you need consistent, steady people who come to your business over and over and over again. But not a lot of businesses have a methodological mm. they don't have a system or a process to actually encourage people to do that. And it kind of sounds like that that's what you're saying is, you know, Facebook's a social media platform, and that's kind of what the name of the game is. You're advertising to meet new people. Hey, what's happening? I'm Nick. Or hey, I'm Daryl. Nice to meet you. This is what I'm talking about. Are you interested in that? Let's talk about it together. Come into my Facebook group. Hey, come join my podcast. Hey, check out this content. And then after you build a relationship with them, then when you have something that's relevant to them... Then again, you're more of a welcome guest versus some unknown person that's just kind of interrupting your dinner with your friends, trying to peddle you some flowers at you know at the table type thing.
1: Yeah, I think it's an important point to note too, and this is a big mindset shift that a lot of you know entrepreneurs slash marketers have a hard time with. And it's this idea where you know we hear this peddled all the time, like give value, give value, give value, give value. Everyone's talking about giving value, and I agree. Of course, give value, but I'll take it a little step further as being the game changer for me, and that is this. Give value with the mindset of not expecting anything in return because oftentimes when you give value with an expectation of getting some sort of return in the back of your mind, you pollute that value the value all of a sudden becomes slightly tainted because you're thinking in the back of your head I'm giving this with the purpose of hopefully selling something or I'm giving it with the purpose but at the end of the day if you can go into the marketing game with the mindset of look look I have zero attachments to outcomes I'm going to provide value and in providing value my community or to my platform I'm going to realize that the vast majority of people in that community are not going to buy from me and I am 100% okay with I mean, I have two golden rules when it comes to online marketing or lead generation. Golden rules, number one, is always give before you ask. I think that's a rule that we all need to live by. But the second one goes along the lines of every step of your marketing process should in and of itself provide value whether or not that person decides to do business with you. Mm. And, And so if you can kind of live in that mindset of like, I'm going to provide value so that in the exchange of this value... I have to know that the person walking away on the other line, on the other side of the line, is walking away with something valuable whether or not they choose to give me something in return. And if Mm. you could do that, my God, everything begins to change. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Because again, it boils down to the quintessential need. And it's kind of funny because I had a conversation with a mentor about this not that long ago, about how, like he's doing, obviously he's doing really, really well. He's got like 7 million in the bank and all this stuff. And, you know, he's talking about how people keep trying to give him money. He's like, now I don't mean, need money. And he's like, but right. he remembers in the early days when we needed money and he couldn't get it. And it's so funny because what you talk about, I think when people start out, there's a lot of fear and anxiety and scarcity. Right. So they're trying to get something from everything that they're doing. But once you kind of got You know what I mean? And then once you're more casual and relaxed and you're really just about serving people and helping people, you're also, if you're taken care of, you're not going to accept win-lose scenario for right. you. right? Right. So then all of a sudden, like, hey, I'll help you with this. Well, yeah, but that's not really a good deal for me. You know, that might be a great And Suddenly you're all of a sudden, it's almost a whole negotiation thing. Like, you know, don't negotiate if you don't if you can't walk away. And mm-hmm. it's almost like that ability to do that, that mindset, that intent allows you to just come with, I want to say clear intent, but it allows you to come a little bit more sincere and really just have to serve and help people. And I just love that because that's a great golden rule. Like your businesses are supposed to serve. A lot of people, And I hear this a lot. A lot of people, especially online marketers, they want to have a business where they don't talk to customers, they don't engage with anyone, (laughs) right? They just collect money and go home. And you kind of can't have that, but you also kind of can't because people are who buy your products and services. And you're going to need to engage with them. You're going to need to talk to your customers, know who they are. And so it really, like most businesses are built around having to serve people to solve a problem for someone. My car is broken. My dog is sick. You know, I have a stomach ache. I have a stomach ache. Like you're helping people who are suffering from something. So it's just really, really, really well said. So, what do you see are some of the biggest mistakes? Like when you have clients that come to you, they're probably already up and running and doing something. You're obviously, I mean, to get a 30,000 point through 30,973.3% ROI on something, you must know of some pretty big pitfalls people fall into. So, when someone comes to you, maybe they're already being successful, they got some results. What are still some of the big mistakes you see people making?
1: So if we're talking so like specifically around Facebook advertising, I think it carries the same theme that we've already been alluding to. It's kind of treating Facebook as a gamble as opposed to a calculated investment. It's mm. not knowing your numbers and your metrics and just throwing stuff against the wall and hoping that it works out. Like I have countless conversations where... I would ask somebody like, what's the value of a lead to you? And they're like, well, I have no idea. And I'm like, but you're willing to spend money on traffic, but you have no idea what that number is. Like mm-hmm. there's a disconnect there. So I think again, or people who are, you know, the adage that I like to say is on Facebook, the straight line is not always the straight line. <laughs> so by that, I mean, you know, if someone is trying to sell a product, well, in theory, in your mind, well, the straight line is add to product and just go for it. On Facebook, that's not the case. A straight line isn't a straight line. It's ad to lead generation, to platform building, to relationship, to offering the product. And that is actually the straight line on Facebook. So that's another mistake that I see. Mm. So I think it just kind of revolves around a misunderstanding of the platform in general, whether that's misunderstanding the fact that it's a social platform or it's misunderstanding the fact that advertising is not throwing money at something, crossing your fingers and hoping and praying. No. It's metrics, it's numbers, it's calculated, it's unemotional. Like you cannot be emotionally attached to the results because otherwise it's going to be like the stock market and you make some crazy, stupid decisions about things. Everything has to be completely approached without any of that strictly as a calculated formula. And if you can approach it that way, I mean, people are astonished with our ROIs. The reality is, The only way we could do that is because it's math, like dollars in versus dollars out. We know what we're looking for. We know what we can spend up to and still be profitable. And as long as we spend under that amount, it always works out at the end. And I mean, I'm taking away a little of our thunder because Mm -hmm. a lot of people have this perception like, oh my God, he must have magic in what he does. No, we just kind of know the numbers and we make the numbers work. Now, of course, it's a little more than that, Mm -hmm. but- I mean, that's really what it is at the end of the day.
0: But, I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking about fundamentals. And what I love about that is I have a martial arts background, and there's always, like, somebody who's got a new DVD about the new backflip somersault, kick two guys in the head at once kind of moves and stuff like that. And the reality is that stuff doesn't work. The only people that stuff works on is people who have no training whatsoever. If you're actually going to go against someone like a vetted street fighter or potentially someone that's in the same martial art as you that's been training for more than six months, like, none of that stuff works, but fundamentals are fundamental for a reason and I love kind of the drum you're beating. The drum is like hey, meet people, Start a conversation with them, find out what their pain points are, help them with it. You know, <laughs> like that's kind of the drum you're beating. It sounds yeah,
1: I like. wish I, I wish I could be selling like some magic formula and the newest tactic and trick that's out there about making this work. But I think like fundamentally, that's what it is. You know, on that note, actually, there was a and this was a big shift for me for whatever it's worth for the people listening. You know, for the longest time, people were a means to an end for me. So business was a machine. It was a cog. And you're either in my life because you're going to help this machine move forward and hit its goals Or you're not. And if you get in my way, I'm going to run you over. But then there was this like mental shift that happened that changed the game big time for me was when people were not the means to the end people were the end the purpose of the machine in the first place was to serve people now I know that sounds like trite and like that's just what people are talking about these days it's all about honestly at the end of the day for me once the perspective shifted about how can I serve the people I'm trying to serve and every business owner is the same way an entrepreneur the reason you're an entrepreneur is because you're solving somebody's problem and if you make it about that fundamentally and then you build everything else around that. And again, we're talking fundamentals and we're talking basics. But I think as entrepreneurs and as marketers, sometimes we forget those things Mm -hmm. and we start to delve into the newest tactic or the newest magic trick or the newest, you know, thing that I just read somewhere about this, that, the other, let's make it work. And we forget the humanity behind all of it.
0: Right, yeah, because a lot of people get caught up in wanting an easier life and yada, yada, yada. And the reality is, I mean, we talked about it. You can set up campaigns. I can even tout it too. I've helped clients make millions of dollars. And, you know, once a lot of the work was done, there was just customer service and fulfillment, you know, and if it's, depending on what your product is, if you're putting product in boxes and shipping it out, you know, or if you've got a really good team, I mean, for The owner, that's you can go kick it at the beach because everything else is taken care of, so there is a bit of that. You know there is a bit of that, and I'm kind of dancing around it because people can take it the wrong way. But you can design your life the way you want. You know you don't have right. to want to be a Fortune 500 it. company. Yeah. Um, the same tactics prove the same. I mean, any most national companies are doing national, nationwide advertising. So the reality is, if they've got numbers that work and a campaign that works, we're not talking about anything different. If your little business, your small solopreneur, can figure out an advertising campaign that works for you and is profitable, you can go nationwide too. And if that's too big for you, and that's more than hassle than you want, then just go to where you're comfortable, build a nice team that can help handle the odds and ends that you don't like to handle. And now you've got a really nice lifestyle and business that you like and enjoy, and you're still making the world a better place, and you're still helping other people. So and you can have kind of the automated lifestyle. You can literally just have, like you said, click a couple of buttons and go, I would like 300 more leads today, go out and get them and buy them. And that's a really powerful thing. And it, it's because of the technology we have, it's because of the infrastructure we've built. And there's a kind of catch-22 of that I guess about privacy. And I want to kind of mention this now because one, I'm on I'm on my soapbox, but the other one is some people are against that, some people are against like remarketing, some people are against being able to be targeted because they're a male or a female and they're in this age bracket or you know, they had drive this kind of vehicle. But mm. there's two sides of that. And one side is that like if I developed a cure for arthritis. And I have a legitimate cure and maybe it doesn't cure it hundred percent, but it alleviates 90% of the symptoms right. to help those people who suffer. I should be able to track down each person and at least give them the option to decide whether they want to try it out or not. Yeah. You know, and that's again, ensure there's snake oil salesmen, ensure there's people who flog bag products flog bad products, but at the end of the day, you know, they're not going to survive recessions. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to last long. They might make some money and then somebody will take care of them. And then the people who are doing real business, really helping people, really getting results will be the ones that will be there for the long term. Right. So (laughs) sorry, I got on my little soapbox there. No,
1: no, I'm I'm totally back. you 100% on all of that. Like even when it comes down to the marketing, I love the analogy you gave in terms of if you have a solution for somebody. But at the end of the day, I think it was Seth Godin who said like marketers ruin everything. And it's true. If you have, you know, something that can help somebody authentically and you have a means to do that, I think it's kind of, and again, this is up for debate, but I think it's kind of like your moral obligation to be able to provide a result for somebody who needs that result. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that so much. And so where do you think the future of the industry is going? Where do you think things will be in five years from now? As far as Uh, online paid media and where Facebook is headed?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a great question because the amazing thing about Facebook is that they're always innovating. So like every week they're coming out with something new and depending on when people are hearing this, but like late last year it was like lead ads and then all of a sudden it was like heavy video stuff and then all of a sudden... You know, more recently, it's Canvas and all these newer things and, like, there was local awareness. at Like, it just Facebook is innovating so well. What I do know is that Mark Zuckerberg is investing a whole heap of time, energy, and effort into the VR space. So, one thing that we've tested, and it's been actually kind of fun, I think we're still a ways out from making this a reality. But, you know, if video ads are huge right now, what about 360 virtual reality video ads? Mm. Like I just bought a recent virtual reality camera thing. sorry, a three sixty camera thing. It costs like four or five hundred bucks. I mean the quality of it 's not one hundred percent, but what could you do now if you had you know virtual reality stuff? and what if people are walking around with like oculus rift things and Samsung things on their head and they 're experiencing Facebook that way, and now your ads can actually get to inter interact with them like i don 't know if that 's where we 're going uh, we 're playing around with some stuff now to see the potential of that, but what I do know is that Zuck is on the cutting edge and they are really looking for new ways to serve the Facebook community in better ways. And so it's whatever it is, it's just staying on top of realizing, you know, to me, social media is just another way to call the internet today. I think the internet is social. And as long as you just understand how do I, you know, interact with an international global social community and how can I provide value to that community, I think no matter what the small tactical things that change are you'll still always be on the top of the game Mm, so well
0: said so nick a couple more questions
1: yeah but one is what do you feel are some
0: of the habits because you've been doing this for a while i mean we didn't get into all the like the details of how many years you've been doing this and that but i know that you've been doing this for a time and that you've had successes and failures do you feel that there's like a core set of habits that you've had that have really helped you be
1: successful through it all Uh, Yeah, probably. And it probably won't be anything that anyone has never heard before. But hopefully the reminder is kind of enough to get people going with things. I mean, I think the first and this might be a little bit different than what people are used to hearing. But the first thing for us, the habit was like doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on your strengths and just forgetting your weaknesses. I've had a lot of people say, well, why don't you get into Google PPC and YouTube ads and LinkedIn ads and Snapchat ads and all this other stuff that's going on? Well, because... I could either choose to spend my time increasing my weaknesses and making them better, things I'm totally unaware of and put my bandwidth towards the expansion of me on these areas, or I could double and triple and quadruple down on what I do know and make my strengths even better. Mm-hmm. I've chosen the latter. Mm-hmm. I've chosen to really focus on what my strengths are, You know, try to be the best I can be in my space, and that has definitely helped. I think another thing, and this is hard for entrepreneurs at large because we're all kind of like ADD, you know, squirrel, focus on everything at the same time. <laughs> the biggest thing for me really was to, to get clear and to get focused. You know, Carl White has this great example that he calls building bridges. And he says, as entrepreneurs, you know, we, we are where we are on this side. Over there is the other side of the canyon. And that's our goals. That's what we're trying to accomplish. And so what we do is we start building a bridge towards that. And then just about like halfway, another shot tiny object comes across our path and we're like, oh, well, wait a second. And we start to build a second bridge. And then we start to build a third bridge and a fourth bridge. And before we know it, we have 10, 15, 20 incompleted bridges and we never got to our goal. And he says, you know, the best thing you can do is literally – break down all of those, figure out what is when you're thinking about which bridge you want to build, think about what is going to get me the greatest result and impact. And two, what am I going to enjoy doing? And the cross section of both of those is the bridge you need to be focusing on. So for me, I've got a million things on the top of my mind that I would love to do. And I think they're all great realizations. But at the end of the day, I need to build one bridge at a time. And by doing that, that type of habit of just getting focused and really pushing towards that has been, you know, very key for me. And I think the third thing, and this is where people are probably not going to like too much. (laughs) One of the greatest things that really shifted my business was when I went on an information diet. I believe that, you know, the entrepreneurial space and the business building space that people are suffering from infobesity. It's just consuming Content after content after content after content, and it's creating all these broken bridges. At one point in my life, a few years ago, I decided I am not going to read a book anymore. I'm not going to consume blog content. I'm not going to, you know, listen to, unless maybe I'm working out and I can do it through an automated process, then maybe. But that one thing where I kind of eliminated the information, which ended up being more of a distraction than a help to me, helped me really get focused and really focus on what was important to me. And that really helped thrust things forward for me. So I don't know what that worth, but there you go.
0: No, that's a good one. And I want to add on to that because it's funny. I just had my parents over for dinner at my place last night and my dad and I were talking about this and we talked about how experience is hands down wins overall, you know, and mm-hmm. that you can study how to play tennis for 20 hours, but the guy who's pl- actually played tennis for 10 hours will probably do be better off. Right. And I, I'm trying to remember why we were even talking about it last night, but I just remember that that came up. Might be because I get a lot of people that have MBAs coming and asking me for advice and I didn't go to school for this I just did it but I think that's a really good I think that's a really 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 good tip to be honest I mean in the beginning you obviously need a mentor you obviously need a coach you need to know the foundations of course. you need to know the fundamentals. But just get out there and get a ton of experience and just enjoy the journey and just know that at the end of the day, whether you become a billionaire or whether you're just making a modest income, that at the end of the game, all the pieces go back in the box. And so just try to, you know, we're here for a good time, not a long time, and just try to have fun and help people. And, you know, I think if you come at it from a sincere perspective, especially with social media, it's so transparent. That's the other part. I think just because social media is so transparent, you have to be coming to things with pure intent in your right. business and your marketing. Because right. if you are a sneak oil salesman, it's not going to last very long. When people can comment under your ad and be like, "This guy's a shiest," you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. gonna, it's just not. Yeah. So that's <laughs> well said. That's well thought. Is there anything
1: I should have asked you that I didn't ask you, Nick? Oh man. Well, that depends on how much time we had. If we had four days, I'm sure we could. <laughs> Between me and you, we could riff riff all day long. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think, like, is there something I didn't say that I probably should have said? And I think it's along the lines, and I'm glad you brought this up multiple times in our conversation. I was brought up in a society that told me that there's only one direction to go. And that is, if I'm looking at kind of an X, Y axis, you know, chart, barograph, whatever it's called, um, and I'm starting in the bottom left, there's only one direction for me to go, and that's up and to the right. And I believed that story for so long. I believed that if I made X number of dollars, I need to make more. If I had X number of type of company, I had to do more. I had to, It was like the narrative that was being preached to me was more, 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 more. And I believed that narrative for so bloody long until recently. And when I say recently, I'm like maybe within the last year, year and a half. I just started to question that paradigm and said, well, what if up and to the right is not the only way? What if there are other options, and what if I wasn't going to grow a hundred million dollar business? Am I okay with that? What if I had, as you said, like one life to live, and it, you know, would you say we didn't ha- we don't have a long time, but we have what? Yeah,
0: we're here for a good time, not a long time.
1: I like that. So if yeah, if we're here for a good time, like what does that really good time consist of? If I had to break up my life into a pie chart and to, and intentionally decide where those elements of the pie chart goes, like what would that pie chart look for me? And am I okay if that means that I'm not gonna be as successful as my overachieving friends? Does that mean I'm okay if I'm not gonna be the next Elon Musk of the world? And for me, the answer is yes. So I really liked how you brought that up in our conversation where look, Find what's right for you. And when I say what's right for you, not what was pitched to you, not some pipe dream of driving an X type of car or or living in an X type of car. Look, I drove the car. I lived in the house, and it didn't make me any better off than I am before I drove it and lived in the house. So not the pipe dream, but like what is – Right for you, and then just go after that. Mm. And I think if we kind of just, if you know, there's one thing that people leave with, and it's that it's don't live up to the expectations of the narratives that people around you are telling you, but you know, create your own story, make your own narrative then I think everybody will be just way better off.
0: That's such a well-stated thing because that's something that I did years ago. I decided if I had to live the same, there's a movie called Groundhog Day. The guy wakes up every day, right. to live the same day. And I was like, if that was my life, well, what would my ideal life look like? Whether it was a weekend or a holiday. And I kind of wrote down, kind of like, oh, I'd wake up and I go to the gym and I wrote down all my favorite things that I want to get done, which included doing work. And that's honestly how I try to live every single day. I try to live it just follow. I already know I got seven things every day. I just want to do these seven things. And if I can get all these seven things in, which do include work, you know, and that's just it. And whether I make a bazillion dollars or whether I just pay my bills at the end of the month, I know I'll be all right. So that's just a really great tip, Nick. You gave some great, great, great advice, really good fundamental stuff. People listening to this, please go back, listen to it again. This is honestly a call worth listening to two or three times. There are a lot of nuggets, a lot of gems. I hope you had a paper and pen while you're listening. And just Nick, thank you for sharing the wisdom, some of the truth and some of the glamour and some of the not so sexy but the reality of hey it's numbers and we just you know we just did a lot of reps we just did it a whole lot we figured out what worked and what did not work and you know and now we got that knowledge and you know I just doubled down on what I was good at and I decided to be good at this thing I shut the world out those are just such great tips I really think that there's going to be a lot of people that hear this and benefit it after the call so for those of you listening uh, if you want to get involved with Nick if you would like to reach out if you'd like to find some more info if you'd like to get some training from him on how he does his Facebook ads. Uh, Where do we go, Nick?
1: Yeah, so there's one of three things you could do. Number one, if you want, like, all things Nicholas Kuzmich, you can go to nicholaskuzmich.com. It's N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-K-U-S-M-I-C-H.com. That's really my site proper. Talks about my business. Nothing fancy there, but it'll give you some insights. The other thing is I'm the only Nicholas Kuzmich on the planet on Facebook, which may mean I'm the only one on the planet, period. So if you look me up at NicholasKuzmich.com, I'm glad to entertain friend requests and like build real relationships with real people on that platform. So you can reach me there. Or thirdly, if anyone is listening and is actually interested in utilizing Facebook as a means to grow their business or as a means to generate leads for their business – I have this fantastic training. It's about 40 minutes long. It's literally all of my highest level stuff that I only teach behind closed doors at really high-level masterminds. It's like a two-day workshop condensed down to the top 40 minutes of the best of the best as part of that training. And I make it available at Nick's blog and I C-S-B-L-O-G dot com slash secret. You got to opt in for it. But if you do, it'll just tell me where you want me to send that and you can take a look at that training. And I think it's uh, phenomenal, if I do say so myself, for anyone who's just kind of looking at some higher level, real good stuff about how to use Facebook to to generate leads and grow your business.
0: That's so awesome. Nick, thank you so much. I value and appreciate you as a friend and a peer. And I appreciate you sharing all this wisdom with my listeners today.
1: Brother, this was more fun for me than it was for you. So anytime, (laughs) I honor you as a friend and I totally respect what you're doing in business. So I was just glad to be a part of this.
0: You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you?